You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, and this week we're going to be talking about the importance of finding your why on your wealth building journey. You're listening to the Winning to Wealth podcast, where you'll hear real stories from real people who are on the path to building real wealth. These stories will show you how to earn more money, pay off debt, start investing, and make better money choices so you can build wealth for your future. Now, here's your host, Michael Lacey. What's up, what's up, what's up, teammates? This is the Winning to Wealth podcast, episode number 47. And on this week's episode, I have an incredible, incredible debt-free story for you guys. So... If you've been listening to the show for a while, then you've already heard me talk about how I was notoriously bad with money until I was like 25 years old. Like if you Google worst money mistakes and then click on the top few articles that pop up, I can almost guarantee you that I made most of those mistakes, if not all of them. Like for example, I pulled money from investments during a market downturn. Then I just stopped saving money for retirement altogether for a while. I didn't track my spending, which led to overdraft fees. I used a credit card for emergencies, which led me to have over $20,000 in high interest credit card debt. I financed a brand new car and I just made so many really, really bad money choices in my early 20s. But the thing that I haven't talked about enough was the fact that there were a few times I actually did try to do the right thing with money during that time. Like I tried to budget like a thousand times. I worked super hard to increase my income. Like at the time, there was probably nobody working as hard as me in my circle. And even though I pulled the money out, I did start investing for retirement at like 19 years old. The problem for me was I just didn't know why I was doing those things. Like my reason was just that I thought I was supposed to. So when I was working a second job or trying to figure out budgeting or there was a market downturn and I thought I was losing money and any time in general that things got tough financially, I would just quit doing all the things that I thought were the right things. It really wasn't until I became a husband that my reason for being financially responsible actually started to mean something to me. So I knew that my career in sales could be volatile. I also knew that my wife had an autoimmune disorder that could lead her to being disabled at any given moment. And so these two things meant that we really didn't have a choice. We had to get our lives together. And we did. We paid off $61,000 worth of debt in 16 months. And in the almost six years since our wedding, we've increased our net worth from negative 50 something to a six figure number that's comfortable enough for us to not worry about me not having a job right now. We didn't magically become budgeting wizards. We just knew that we couldn't quit because the reason was bigger than both of us. Today's guest is Danielle Davis. Danielle runs the blog Money and Matrimony, where she aspires to empower married couples to start taking control of their finances, just like she did with her husband after they found themselves over $100,000 in debt. Danielle, hello, and welcome to the Winning to Wealth podcast. I am a huge fan of your work, so thank you so much for being here with me today. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, I, I you go by Money and Matrimony, which is just a fantastic name on Instagram and your website and everything. Um, I, I love that name. So I do want to start this Thank episode you. off by just talking about how you and your husband met. Okay, yeah. So actually, my husband and I met in middle school. We were in the same eighth grade class together. And when he walked in, I was like, he's mine. (laughs) And that's not even my personality. But I was like, yeah, that's going to be my boyfriend. And I I mean, like the rest is history. Um, We didn't keep in touch too much after middle school. We kind of dated, you know, did some old boyfriend, girlfriend type thing in the eighth grade. But then once we went to two different high schools, we, we didn't really keep touch. But probably junior year, we reconnected at like a high school dance. And then from then on, it was, it was us too. So yeah, we've been knowing each other like a long, long time. So I mean, like basically middle school sweethearts, like you kind of had a little gap in there, but like y'all are like it, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like this is fun to begin. Yes. We like grew up together. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So when did you guys decide to, to get married? After Hurricane Katrina, so my husband and I are both from New Orleans and we we dated, you know, for a while. But after Hurricane Katrina, it was just like, let's just go ahead and do this. Like, I was very surprised by it. We had talked about marriage. We didn't have any kids or anything. But um, what he proposed, I think it was late uh 2005 if i remember but after that he was just like let's go ahead and do this and so we ended up getting married in 2007 so it's been 13 years that we've been together wow okay so talk a little bit about let's go back to that point or or stay there i guess i should say yeah what was you guys's financial situation like as individuals when you decided to get married <laughs> That's a great question. So at the time, both of us were still in college. And so we basically walked into the marriage. I'm going to take a guess and say it was about $50,000. So I went to a private college and then he joined me at that private college, right? Where I didn't have many scholarships to cover tuition. And then outside of the student loans, we also had a little bit of credit card debt, you know, because they just give the credit cards away for free on the college campus, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's it. That's it. Give me the hat, the water bottle, the t-shirt. Yo-yo, slinky, all that. (laughs) Yeah, give it all to me, okay? So um, we had a little bit of credit card debt. And then we also had auto loans. After Well, I had a paid off car before Hurricane Katrina, but um, in the midst of it all, depression, all that kind of stuff, I didn't change my oil. And I was driving back from Texas to Louisiana and um, like I I blew my engine. So that was the end of my paid off car. And so I went down and got a new car, but it was financed. So, and then he was like, well, you know, I'm not sure he had left his car in New Orleans. And so he's like, well, you know, you got a new car, so I'm going to get a new car, too. So so 
we both have new cars. We're here in Texas, no jobs. Like it, it was just a mess. So yeah, that's what made up the $50,000 in debt. You know, it sounds like he kind of goes along with what you do. <laughs> I don't Sometimes. know. I don't want to. <laughs> Not all the time. Not all the time. But he was like, oh, you got something new? I want something I'm new. Something but, new, which is very common yeah. in marriage, right? Like it is. It's very common in a relationship to do that. So I, I want to yep. ask, like, this all seems normal. You know, you've got student loans, your car breaks down, you go get a new one. Like none of this sounds like anything just earth shattering out of the ordinary. Right. So what happened that made you decide, you know, something's not right. We've got to start paying this debt off. So back in 2011, um, we were attending a church, which we loved, and they're the ones that introduced us to Dave Ramsey's financial peace program. Mm. And so, I, you know, I, I listened to them talk about it and I was like, I, I tapped him on the shoulder and was like, I think we need that. And he was looking like, yeah, whatever kind of thing. And um, I, I started researching Dave Ramsey because I had never heard of him at that time. And so I started doing some research. And I mean, I just started just listening to the podcast. I mean, just every episode, all at work, just I wouldn't stop. And I was like, OK, we need to do this. It took some while to com- a while to convince him to do it, though. Um, <laughs> he, he, he had like 25 excuses. It, the class was being offered on like a I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. So, of course, we're working and doing that kind of thing. But he was just like, yeah, I have to work during the middle of the week. I don't feel like doing that after work. How long is it again? And at that time, it was 13 weeks. It wasn't the nine week program that he offers now. And so he just really wasn't for it. But um, I just kept pushing and pushing. And then eventually he, he I guess he just got tired of me asking. And so we ended up signing up for the for the class. <laughs> so, OK, so you, you said that you were the one that really kind of stepped up and, and really took charge of this. So what were those conversations like? I mean, you're coming to him saying, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I and mean, what was what was his kind of uh, what was his thought process? I mean, I just basically so so how I if I remember correctly, how I think I got him to do it was I said, look, if we could pay off some of this debt, you could get more miscellaneous and fun money. And so I think he was on board with that. I think he was on board with that um, because who doesn't want more money. Right. And so like we had allocated like this small little amount that we would get um, every month, every two weeks, really. And he was like, that's not enough money. So I knew if I mentioned that to him, I could kind of get him on board. And so I think that was like the thing that kind of made him say, all right, if I can get more miscellaneous and fun money, then I'm gonna go ahead and try this. So um, that that was kind of the starting conversation. So once once you had him hooked, right? You hook him with the hey, you can you can have fun once we're done with this. You can you can do this and that. What were some of those first steps that you guys took in addressing your debt? So basically, we sat down and we looked at the numbers. So of course, when you go into something like this, you think you have way less debt 
than what you really have. Oh my God. Just, just looking at, just thinking about it just makes me like cringe right now. Like I know the numbers now, but back then I didn't, I wasn't really aware of the numbers. And so that was the first step, just taking a look at the numbers and then deciding to take that first step and start, you know, paying off those smaller debts first. Um, because that's what I had learned in the program to, you know, kind of snowball those debts and start working on the smallest ones first to get those quick wins. And so that's how that's how we that's how we started. Okay. And so did you have a goal in mind of like, okay, we're going to do this? in Well, first, let me ask, how much debt did you have once you decided to pay it off? And did you have a goal in mind that you wanted to be debt free by a certain date? So. I'm, I'm going to have to tell you like a another part of the story. Okay, okay I'm finding gold here. Uh-oh, it's going to get interesting on the podcast this week. <laughs> okay. okay, so the first time we went into this, like, we, I mean, we were ready or so we thought, right? So about, mm, I don't know, five or six months into it, it was like, yeah, we want to go back to living like everybody else. Mm. And so we didn't stick with it. Right. So that was back in 2011. It wasn't until 2017 Uh that we got serious about paying it off. So that's a gap of what? Six Six years. years. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's a huge gap of, uh, of of six years. And I mean, we 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 just had like a. There was a turning point um, in our lives, and that's what kind of made us get really serious in 2017 and then pay off the debt in in 2020. Okay, so I want to go back (laughs) to 2011. So what happened? Because you, you're months, you're months in, right? You you've already made a lot of the hard choices. You've been sacrificing for a few months, like. And it is. It's it's a hard journey for those of you guys that are listening that that are just getting started. It does get hard at times. So what yeah. happened for you guys in, in, back in 2011 that made you say, yep, that's it, done? I think we just, it was too much of a sacrifice mm. at the time. And so we were young. There, and, and at that time, um, I don't know if, it, at least I didn't find the debt-free communities. Like these, right. these groups are all over everywhere now. Right. But back then, I don't know if I just wasn't looking for it or if they really weren't as visible as they are now. And so this it was hard. It was hard not being able to just do what we wanted to do with our money. And so eventually, you know, we just kind of fell off and went back to, you know, paying just enough right. to, to get by. And so we kind of coasted for, you know, six years, we we would start the plan again and then stop, start, stop. And so it was just a, it was just a never ending cycle. So do you feel like it was like a pace issue? Because, and the reason I ask that is because a lot of people who kind of figure out the debt-free journey from Dave Ramsey um, have this thing with gazelle intensity and that works for some people. Like it worked for us in my marriage. We did it. Um, looking back on it, I wouldn't have done it that way again if I could go back yeah. and do it over. But I've talked to so many people that 
either they stick with it and they do it or they run into that wall. So was that kind of the case for you? Was it just like the pace at which you were doing it that made it tough? I, I think it was the pace and I had neither him nor I had any any friends or family that were doing anything similar. And so we didn't have we didn't have a tribe um, pushing us mm-hmm. and we're, we're both very family oriented. And so it it was just hard. It was just hard to make the connection. Right. And, you know, we, we just kind of, we gave up right. to be honest with you. We just kind of gave up. So, and you mentioned friends and family there. I mean, were they at least kind of like fake supportive or were they like, why are y'all doing this? Like, cause I know I had some family that was like, y'all are young. Why are y'all doing this silly stuff? You got the rest <laughs> of your life to pay off debt. Like, what are y'all doing? Enjoy your money, you know? So like, what was your family and friend dynamic like around that time? So family, they will support anything we do, right? <laughs> they That's just them, right? They are team John and Danielle all the way. And so I don't even think that was so much of the problem. It's just that we knew nobody else was doing it. Mm-hmm. And so there was nobody to talk to about right. it. I mean, sometimes you just need a listening ear, right. right? And so, I mean, had we told them, they probably would have, you know, stood behind us. So that wasn't even it. And I think we may have mentioned it, but we, you know, we we just kind of let it just slide. Um, as far as friends, I didn't have any friends on the on the debt free journey at that time. And so again. There was just nobody to talk to, no accountability partner. Mm. Um, so again, like we we just didn't have those. Um, we didn't want to find those listening ears. I I think right. Okay, and so now I want to bring it back to 2017. Yeah, something happens, and you say, <laughs> "All right, that's it. I'm not playing with this thing no more. I I want it done." What happened in 2017? Well. In 2017, we had we we found out that we would become parents after being married for 10 years. So we're 10 years in. We're doing whatever we want. It's just us, right? <laughs> and then we find out that we're gonna we're gonna be somebody's mom and dad. Oh my God. That just that changed the game for us. That changed the game for us. So let me ask this question because I have this theory that, and and you're like the perfect person to ask because you started this debt-free journey younger or earlier in your marriage, and then you came back later as you're about to be parents. I have this theory that it's almost, I, I would say it's a little easier or maybe simpler to do this in those early days of your marriage because you don't have those habits because you can, in a marriage, you know, you can feed off of each other. Like, you know, you, you get a car, so he's got to have a car. And you, and so you just develop right. these habits and these tendencies over time. And I, I feel like I have this theory that it's a little harder to, to overcome those. Would you say that that to be the case for you guys that like getting started on this second journey was like a little harder or what was it like in comparison to the first time? So actually, I think the second time it was still hard, right? Yeah. Either way, it's going to be hard. But this second time, I, in some respects, it was a little bit easier. And here's why. we, Once we found out that we would become parents, it was like we finally found our why. Mm-hmm. Like we had a reason. Right. We had a, a real reason now 
to get out of this debt. And so I, I think in that regard, it was a little bit easier for us to push through because it's like in the in, in the forefront of our brains, we're like, we have to do this for our child. Like, you know, we don't want our child coming into a situation like this. We don't want to, you know, burden her with, with any of the issues, right. any of the financial mistakes right. that we've made. And so in that respect, I think it was a little bit easier because we had that why on the forefront of our mind. So can you talk a little about the importance of finding a why for the couple? Maybe there's a couple out there who, who doesn't have kids yet, right? They don't have that big why, because I'll say like for me, when my daughter was born that's what kick-started my journey into financial independence we were already debt-free we were our, we were saving like 15 20 percent of our income when my daughter was born it was like all right let's bump this up to 50 i don't want to work anymore like i you know what i mean like so yes it, it does change it can i won't say it does but it can change things for you having a kid but what about the couple who who's not at that point yet like can you talk a little bit about the importance of finding a why even for them absolutely if you have if if you don't have a why, you don't have anything pushing you to go forward. Like there there's I mean it's 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 just hard to explain, but you you know, you you feel it. Um you you have to you have to have a reason to sacrifice that much. You know, it doesn't matter how much debt you might have, but you have to have a reason why Mm -hmm. Um, to, uh, you know, to push you forward. And so I thought that was very important for us. I, I believe that we had a why prior to finding out that we will become parents. However, I don't know that we dug deep enough. Um, and I, I'm just trying to find the words to say this. I, I don't know if we really dug deep enough. Um, to figure it out if mm -hmm. that if that makes sense. Makes total sense. Um like I, I just don't think we dug deep, but this was like with the whole kid thing, it was just like obvious, like in your face. And so like you couldn't run or hide from it. And so, so um yeah, you, you you have to have that why. Otherwise it, it's a possibility that it won't get done or you'll have to keep starting and restarting and you know, it, it'll just take forever. So absolutely sit down and figure out, you know, what's your reason for wanting to partake in this financial journey? Love it. Love it. So again, so I want to ask, what was the the total when you guys sat down in 2017? How much debt did you guys have at the start, at that second start? So at the, at the second start, I think it was about, I think it was the 108. It was it was close to one hundred and eight thousand. By the, I mean, we were still like financing cars and that kind of thing. So, and then, um, and 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 let me say, let me say this: the one hundred eight was just cars and student loans. We didn't have any credit card debt, and I'm not including our mortgage in that. So this is only consumer debt because we bought a house in two thousand sixteen. So that one hundred eight was just straight Navient. Sally made student loans <laughs> and um and car notes. Yep. So once you found your why, you get yeah. reorganized. How long did it take you to pay off your debt from that second starting point? From the second start in 2017, it actually took us about 35 months. And three of those months, I was on a, a maternity leave. 
So I took a, a 12 week, week maternity leave from my job, but it was unpaid. So what I did do to bring a little bit of income from the house was I um, took 20 days of PTO and I just stretched that mm. over the 12 week maternity leave. Otherwise, I would have had like zero income. So I, I took a big hit on my income um, when I took that maternity leave. But I was like, yeah, I'm not I, I didn't want to take six weeks. It was my first child. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to need way more than that. And so um, I opted for the 12 weeks. Gotcha. So in the, I mean, there's a clear difference here between the first start of your journey in 20 or 2011 and then the second start of your journey. Yes. How did you manage to stay motivated for 35 months? And, the, <laughs> and, and let me say, the reason I asked this question is because people hear our story, 61,000, 16 months, and they're like, oh my goodness, that's fast. That's crazy. That's insane. And I'm just like, yeah, it didn't last long, though. It felt like a blur. When yeah. I hear 35 months, those are the stories that really get me because I know what it took for 16 months. I know the level of discipline that it took for that short time. And you more than double our time making these sacrifices and these hard choices. And, and that just makes me curious. So how do you stay motivated when your debt-free journey is going to take years? <sighs> Lots of prayer. <laughs> I mean, being in touch with the numbers and I'm talking about on a weekly basis, like just having it all up in our faces. Um, just really, we really just kept communicating mm -hmm. about what our goals were, what would happen the day when we finally could get rid of that type of debt, what we could do with our money, even though we still had the mortgage, you know, we, we just kept, we kept visualizing ourselves at the finish line. And I think that's key. Like you have to see yourself crossing that finish line. Otherwise you won't make it. And uh, another thing that, that kept us going is, like I said, the fact that we were bringing a child into this world she should not have to suffer for the financial mistakes that we made, mm -hmm. right? The foolish mistakes that we made. And so we kept all of that on the forefront of our brain and went in, <laughs> went in hard. Hard. You got to, yes. to, to, to stick to this journey for that long. You got to go hard. There's no... There's no tiptoeing around it when you're that long. No, like no, you're, you're absolutely right about that. And and because you made so many sacrifices, did you guys do anything to celebrate when you hit submit on that last payment? <laughs> Crazy part is the last thing that we paid off was his his auto loan, and like I hit the submit button and it was like just nothing, <laughs> like. <laughs> Nothing no popped up on the screen, <laughs> no balloons, no congratulations. So I just sat there because I, I paid it. He, I think um, I may have paid it while I was at work or something. Like it was just something random. We didn't do it together. And I ended up just sending him a screenshot of the confirmation. I was like, well, your car's all paid off. <laughs> and I mean, we didn't like, we didn't. And that's probably just our personalities. Like my husband is like, way more just he's just laid back just nonchalant cool guy but um 
we didn't like go out to eat or anything. I think we like ordered something and had food delivered to the house or something. Like it was, it was like nothing. Like we didn't really <laughs> celebrate, but I'm already visualizing in my mind, like how I think I want to celebrate when this mortgage is paid off yeah. because that's, that's a, that's a totally different feeling right there. So, but yeah, for this, for this milestone, we probably should have celebrated, but we were just like, all right, we're done with it. On to the next thing. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier when we were when we were talking about how you felt like the pace was a part of the problem. So this second go around, how did you find better balance? <sighs> That's a good question. Um, I think so. So what we kind of put in our mind was that any money that we make from this point on, once we found out that we were going to be having a baby, any money that we make from this point on, like we didn't, we didn't allocate it to anything, you know, fancy, no trips, none of that. And so by us not having those, you know, those obligations Mm -hmm. or things that like, we just, we just kind of cut it out. And I know that sounds crazy, but by us not saying, oh, in 2018, we're going to do this or we're going to do this for our anniversary. Like we that money wasn't allocated for any of that. We said it is strictly um, to pay off debt. We just kind of rolled with that. And that's what I think helped us um, to just move forward with with paying off the debt and to to stay motivated. And one thing I another thing I will say is that um, to keep us balanced. Every now and then, my husband is more of the, I guess, the fun guy, right? So I'm an I'm an accountant by <laughs> by trade. So many accountants you meet might be like kind of I'm not gonna say boring, but um, we'll we'll find another word for it. But but just not as fun, right? And so um. Every now and then he'll be like, hey, you know, maybe we should catch a movie or whatever. And so to keep some kind of balance, he made sure that our budget included like some fun money, some some date night money, some babysitting money um, so that we could, you know, just kind of go out and have a good time. So I think that's what that's what really helped um, to kind of keep everything going and to keep everything balanced. Love it. So, I mean, so you pay off a hundred and something thousand dollars in 30 something months. That's a couple of grand a month that you freed up now in cash flow. Man, yes. that feels good, don't it? Like, <laughs> oh my God. I, I just kept saying, how, like, how were we living? Like we were living, I mean, we were, we were bringing in decent incomes. Right. right? And so it, it just made me question like why we made all the silly decisions that we did. Like, why didn't I work hard enough to get scholarships? I didn't have bad grades. I had, I had a good GPA. However, you know, why didn't I take the time my junior and senior year to apply to multiple scholarships so that I could attend the private college that I wanted to, but I wouldn't have had to take out the student loans. And then we were both doing them together. Like we're the same age. So like we were doing the same silly stuff, you know, together. And so that's just the crazy part about it. And I'm like, I, when I think about it, I just keep saying, look at all the opportunities 
we miss mm, because of all this debt that we had. Like, I mean, we could be li- living totally different lives right now in, in our 30s, but, you know, no regrets. Right. But it just makes you wonder, you know. Right. So looking forward, I mean, what goals do you guys have today and in the future for your family? We got to pay off the mortgage. Like, <laughs> I want to pay the mortgage off in six years. So we've had the house for four years. So that would be a total of 10 years um, for paying off the mortgage. But but old husband over here, <laughs> Tired of he's, like, he's, like, he's like, can we take a break? Yeah. I'm like, come on, Jay. Like, let's just push through and do this so we can just do what we want with our money and have like true, true financial freedom. Like we've, we've reached that first step. Right. Okay. By paying off the consumer debt, but now like, let's get it in with this mortgage. And so, um, sometimes that's a battle because I don't know that, I don't know that he sees it yet, right. but I see it. Right. I, I see it and it's doable. It can be done in, in, you know, a few years. And so that's what, that's what our biggest goal is right now. But we just have to get on the same page. With that. <laughs> well, with how incredible you guys or how incredibly fast you guys blaze through all of your other debt. And how you got on the same page this second time, I have no doubt that you guys will figure out the best strategy that works for your family and get that mortgage knocked out sooner rather than later. Whether it's six yeah. years, eight years, 10 years, whatever it is, Just get I, I'm it confident out. that you guys will get that done. So the, the the how I like to end the episodes, I like to pose some hypothetical <laughs> questions. So let's say that there's somebody's somebody's listening to this and they want to eliminate their debt. But for some reason, their spouse just does not want to talk about money. And since you are Miss Money in Matrimony, (laughs) I want to get your take on what you think. What would you say to that person that's struggling to just get their spouse to even open up and just have the conversations that lead to debt freedom? That's a really, really good question. Um, I would say that both partners, both spouses, they need to understand each other's money story. You have to know, you know, how your spouse feels about money before we can start talking about the numbers. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by that is you have to ask questions like, um, uh, what was your first experience? with money? What did you learn about money during your childhood? Who taught you? Like these are these are things that you have to you have to kind of dig deep right. in this area. Um another question might be like what triggers you to spend? What triggers you to save? You know, you just want to kind of understand your spouse's mindset around money. And then once you understand that, I think it'll be easier to move forward and to communicate with each other about money. So let's say there's another person that's listening right now and they have a lot more debt than you and they feel like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know what to do. This is too much. It's overwhelming. What would you say to that person? That's a good question too. The first thing I think I'd say though is you have to know your why. This this was 
hard work, sacrificed a lot. And so I think it's just important, like I said, to to know your why, because in order to make any kind of transformation, you, you have to understand why you're doing what you're trying to do, if that makes any sense. So that would be the first thing. The other thing I'd say is you have to have a change in mindset. Right. So what got you into the debt is not going to be the same mindset that got that will get you out of the debt. And so I think that's important. Like you, you got to you got to switch your mindset. If it's negative, then it needs to be positive. Another thing I'd also say is find your tribe mm-hmm. of like minded people, like find your people. Yeah. Right. You hear people say that all the time, like find the people who are doing what it is you are trying to do. So that's another tip. And then I'd say, don't compare yourself. Don't compare your journey to somebody else's journey. We're all different. All of our journeys are going to be different. And so, you know, be grateful for the journey that you have and improve it. I love that. Personal finance is personal. That last yes, point it is. It matters so much. Um, because we think like when we get in personal finance, we think like, oh, keeping up with the Joneses only relates to spending, but you can do the same thing. You can have the same mindset when it comes to saving, when it comes to paying off debt and comparing where you are to other people. And it can be just as harmful as when you're going into debt because your neighbor bought something. So it is, it's very, very important to be aware of that. But thank you so much for sharing. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. This has been a lot of fun uh, having this conversation. So with that said, I want to give you the opportunity. Let people know where the best place is to connect with you and anything you have to offer that can help anybody uh, that's in marriage right now trying to manage their money better. Okay. So if anybody wants to connect, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at money. In and that's I in matrimony. And I also have a website, www.moneyinmatrimony.com. And currently I am working on an ebook. And so it's like a it's like a 30-day financial cleanse. Um, and it's just some basics to help you just get the process started and take control of your of your finances. And so working on that now, hoping to be finished within the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Well, hey, you guys be sure to check out Danielle every single spot she mentioned. I'm going to be sure to link to her social media pages and her website in the show notes, which you can find the link to in the episode description. And now it's time for this week's win of the week. Danielle and her husband started their journey in 2011 with around $50,000 worth of debt, which is a lot. And then they ended up stopping the journey a few months in, and then they didn't fully commit to it again until a whole six years later. As she mentioned, by that point, they had kind of dabbled in it a little bit. They would pick it up, put it back down, start, stop, all that stuff. But by the time they recommitted, their debt had more than doubled to over $100,000. Now, this time, even though the debt was double, they ended up sticking with it for almost three whole years and they became consumer debt free earlier this year. Why? 
Because the second time around, they had a why that was greater than them. Building wealth is a marathon. And marathons aren't sexy or even fun for that matter. Like there are going to be times when you want to stop and go back to doing what everyone else is doing, like Danielle said. But your why is important because it's the thing that will keep you going when you absolutely do not feel like it. So every time I wanted to do something done with my money over the last few years, I would always think back to, okay, so what's going to happen if you buy this Corvette, right? And you lose your job or Taylor can't work or both of those things happen at the same time. And that would allow me to stop, pause, and make the good financial decision. And now that we're facing that exact scenario where I don't have a job and Taylor could potentially be going on leave for a long time, I'm grateful for the hard choices we've made. But I'm also understanding of the fact that having a really strong why is what has carried us for the last six years. So my question to you is, what's your why? Like, what keeps you going on this journey when it gets hard? Because it gets hard for all of us. And so this week, I want you to write it down and keep your why someplace where you can see it on a regular basis. And when the journey gets hard or you're tempted to make a decision that's going to drive a wedge between you and your money goals, lean into that why and allow it to push you forward. Now, if you enjoyed this week's episode, all I ask is one thing, that you share this episode with a friend. In times like this, where we've got super high unemployment, we've got this crazy virus still running rampant through our country, you just don't know who could use an encouraging and uplifting story like Danielle's. Also, if you'd like to watch the video version of these episodes from this point forward, head over to winningtowealth.com slash YouTube and subscribe. Today's episode with Danielle was actually the very first video interview released And I'm super, super excited about that. So if video is your thing, go subscribe to the Winning to Wealth YouTube channel. You can find that again at winningtowealth.com slash YouTube. But hey, that's all the time I have for this week. So until we talk again, keep racking up those wins one at a time. Take care. You've wrapped up another episode of the Winning to Wealth podcast. To learn more about how you can start making winning money decisions, head over to winningtowealth.com.